Tuameva mata ce pita tuameva, tuameva bandhu ce seca tuameva, tuameva vidyadravinam tuameva, tuameva sarvam mama deva deva. Joy to all of you. I bow to God in all forms and in your forms. Last time we talked about the practical aspects of the spiritual path and of my guru's teaching because he was a very practical man like all great masters. He didn't just talk in the air like some, this is very apocryphal this story, but it was told to me in America about some man who went to the Himalayas looking for the secret of life and he climbed through snow and ice through these high Mountains finally on a top, on a ledge high in the Himalayas, he found this great wise yogi sitting outside a cave on an asana. And he said, Oh, wise man, would you tell me, please, the secret of life? And the wise man raised his hand. He said, Life, my son, is a rainbow. The American said, My God, I've traveled through snow and ice and cold and difficult terrain and braving tigers and forests and come up here to this high mountain and ask you the secret and all I find is that life is nothing but a stupid rainbow? And the guru looked and he said, oh, you mean it isn't a rainbow? Well, you know, that's not a true story. It's just an invention by some Westerner, but it has a certain charm to it because so many people think that the spiritual teachings are all vague and frou-frou, sort of wonderful cloud-like things. Well, the truth is really quite down to earth. And the great gurus, and certainly my guru, taught to be practical. This story that I want to read you today is, in that sense, a, a very charming one. It is number 143 in this book, Conversations with Yogananda. There were two ladies, the master related to us one day, <coughs> who used to leave their car unlocked even when parking it on the street. I said to them, you should be practical. In public places especially, there may be thieves about. Where is your faith in God, they demanded airily. I have faith in God, I replied, but I don't expect him to do everything for me. That would be presumptuous. You should rely also on your own common sense. Well, they wouldn't listen, but continued to leave the car door unlocked. One day they purchased several expensive paintings and left them unprotected on the back seat of their car. When they returned, they found the paintings had been stolen. It upset them terribly. The next time they saw me, they related their so-called tragedy to me. I said, perhaps you'll understand now the importance. Oops, I got the wrong page. The importance of cooperating with God's grace. Remember what Jesus said in the wilderness after Satan tempted him to throw himself off a mountain just to prove that God would protect him? He said, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. In future, be more careful and don't tempt God. That is to say, don't ask him to do favors for you that you can perfectly easily do for yourselves. There's an interesting sidelight to this story. 
It concerns the emotional upset of those ladies over the loss of their paintings. Their distress suggests, obviously, an emotional attachment. For faith to be true, however, one must place everything in God's hands, not only the safety of his possessions. One should be sensible, but at the same time, he should be not attached. True faith in God is unconditional. Its consequences never distress the mind. The Master taught always, therefore, the importance of combining common sense with equanimity. We should be even-minded at all times and place everything in God's hands, but then let God decide. You know, you can never feel... Common sense alone is certainly no guarantee that things will go well. You, you need to have the common sense also to know that this world is completely unreliable. Place your faith in God, because sometimes everything will be taken from you, and what does it really matter? Have that kind of common sense that says, well, God, it's really your world. There was a woman who used to take unnecessary risks when driving, and somebody uh, said to her, well, why aren't you more careful? He said, oh, Master will protect me. When Master heard this, he set up all things. I would like to see her drive her car off the cliff in Encinitas and see if I will protect her. God won't protect you against the consequences of your foolish acts. In fact, my Guruji told me another interesting story of a couple of young men, boys really, who decided that if they had faith, God would always protect them. And so they went out in the forest, and one of them took a big sword and whacked at the other, cut his head off. And they thought God was going to protect them. Why should God protect you from your own stupidity? He won't. You must use your common sense. God gave us our human faculties that we might use them. I have seen many devotees who think that they shouldn't use their intelligence, their intellects, their human understanding. Of course you should use them. But always seek to be infused by God's guidance, by God's wisdom. There is a wonderful story in the scriptures, and I'm going to sing this to you in a little bit, but I put it in a song in a Western context. So where the first story, and you've probably heard it, so I'll tell it in the original way first, that this um, scholar stepped into a boat, and the boatman didn't know anything. He wasn't literate. He just knew his, his trade. And the scholar said, My man, have you studied the first of the four Hindu Vedas? He said, I'm sorry, sir, but I'm too busy plying my oars on this boat to do any studying. And the scholar very arrogantly said, In that case, a quarter of your life is as good as lost. And they went a little bit further. And he said, good man, have you studied the second of the Vedas? He said, I told you before, I'm not, I'm unschooled. I haven't learned these things. And the scholar very smugly said, in that case, I'm sorry to inform you that half of your life is as good as lost. Well, just then this storm came up and it tossed the boat back and forth and over the shrieking wind, the boatman cried out to the philosopher, My philosopher, knower of the four Vedas, I want you've asked me two questions. Now, I would like to ask you one. 
Can you swim? And the philosopher, quaking like this, he said, I, I can't swim a stroke. And the boatman said, I'm sorry to have to inform you that in a very short time, the whole of your life is going to be lost. And so the boatman dived into the water and swam to shore, but the storm sank that ship, that boat, and the philosopher lost his whole life. Well, the meaning of this story, of course, is that you need to learn to be practical. You need to use your common sense. Don't just get off into the high uh, skies of philosophy and forget that basically the purpose of philosophy is to help you to live your own human life better, to keep your feet on the ground, to be realistic. In the case of those women, well, why should God take care of their possessions if they weren't going to? But if you take reasonable care, then you will find that uh, you will usually be protected. And because, of course, the waves of karma are unpredictable, at least by ordinary human uh, understanding, you can't be sure even then somebody may take the whole car away. But still, if you use your common sense, basically you'll be able to walk and even keel. The main thing is not to allow uh, yourself to become superstitious. It's like uh, if your doctor gives you a prescription, if you frame this thing and bow to it and sort of recite the prescription as a mantra, um, makes me think of something I read in a magazine here in India many years ago of a woman who received an invitation she couldn't read. So she thought, well, pharmacists are able to read in incomprehensible script of doctors. So she took her invitation to the local pharmacist, the chemist shop, and asked him, uh, showed it to him. And he said, just a minute, madam. And he went back there and came back with a box of pills. He said, well, this will be 20 rupees, please. Makes you lose faith in chemists a little bit, but of course it's only a joke. The thing is that uh, we need to we need to be realistic. We need to understand that uh, whatever we uh, if we try to live rightly, if we try to guide our lives by common sense, then you'll find that good karma will also take over. You know, an interesting thing in, in the way of karma, at the beginning, well, as I've told you before, I grew up in Romania. My parents were American, and I was born there because my father was an oil geologist. And in 1939, he had been told by his firm, Esso, to move to become in charge of the oil exploration in Yugoslavia. And so we were going to move to Zagreb. And so we, he packed up everything preparatory for having it moved, and then we went on vacation to America. Well, on our way back, I was supposed to finish my last year of school in England. They were supposed to move to Zagreb. On the way back, as we reached from Oklahoma to uh, Chicago, suddenly the declaration, Germany has invaded Poland, the Second World War began, and we knew that we wouldn't be able to go back to Europe at that time. But then, think of the good karma here, that my father's goods had all been packed ready for shipment. And all he had to do was tell the shipping company to ship it 
to America instead of to, to Yugoslavia. Well, this is an example of karma, of good karma. If you live in the right way, and this takes common sense, not slavish obedience to God's will, but doing what you need to do, learn to swim in this life. The successful people are those who not just pray, but who act reasonably. There's a story of a, uh, a group of students from different countries who were asked to write an essay on the camel. So the German went to the local library and studied up on camels, and the Englishman was very practical. He went to the zoo and wrote about camels that he had observed at the zoo. And uh, different nationalities wrote about the camel according to their own approach. The Indian pulled down the curtains in his home, closed them in his home, closed the door, put his asana on the seat, and prayed for God to drop uh, uh, an essay on his lap. Well, God doesn't answer that way. Too many people just are looking for miracles. God helps those who help themselves. If you're in business, learn to be practical. Don't just pray that God will take care of you or say, well, how can I do it without God's blessings? His blessings will be there, but the saying is always valid. God helps those who help themselves. I have seen this so many times because I didn't want to have to think in terms of earning money, but I had to to start our communities of Ananda in the beginning. And I found that the strength and the blessings he gave me were the real, what my real gain from that long experience. Be a boatman in this sense. Don't just be a woolly-headed philosopher. God listens to common, sound common sense, good reason, and realism. And then beyond that, then have faith. You will see he will protect you. Let me sing this song to you. The philosopher and the boatman, but I put it, as I said, in a Western context. I hope you enjoy it. It's rather fun. Joy to you. The way to perfection is narrow and steep. The bypaths are many, the pitfalls are deep. By theory alone, many think to arrive. Here's one who could teach them if he were alive. A philosopher stepped into a boat, the river to cross would he. So learned was he, he thought no man could be half so clever as he. Singing wise, oh, with his book, so oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Singing wise, oh, with his book, so oh, such a mighty scholar was he. To the boatman he said, good man, pray tell, of such German philosophers three. Schopenhauer, Hegel, und Vatikant, whom you deem the wisest to be. Singing wise, oh, with his book, so oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Singing wise, oh, with his book, so oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Please excuse me, sir, the boatman said, I've not read your philosophers three. All day I'm obliged to ply these oars to support my family and me. Singing wise, oh, with his book, so oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Singing wise, oh, with his book, so oh, such a mighty scholar was he. In that case, my good man, your wretched life is as good as a quarter lost. 
Why without the writings of those three men, not a shelf of books will I trust? Singing wise, oh, with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Singing wise, oh, with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Now then, tell me, good man, the scholar said, have you studied the Frenchman Descartes? I've told you before, the other cried, I'm unschooled, hard work is my art. Singing wise, oh, with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Singing wise, oh, with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Hard work, what a waste, sad, foolish man. Half your life has been thrown away. Yet still a fragment might be redeemed. Memorize one theory a day. Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Of a sudden a storm with raging might did lash that river to foam. Like a drifting petal it tossed their boat till it seemed they'd never get home. Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Then the boatman cried, my learned sir, our chances are growing dim. Two questions you've put me so far this trip. Now I'll ask you one, can you swim? Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. I can't swim a stroke, the philosopher cried, as he clung in despair to an oar. Then the whole of your life is lost, my friend. You'll not need those books anymore. Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a mighty scholar was he. The boatman regrets to say his fare never reached the opposite bank. All that ponderous learning inside his head gave him weight, you see, and he sank. Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a weighty scholar was he. Singing wiser with his books, oh, such a weighty scholar was he.